Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. We, of course, here today to talk about our favorite start sets and flex plays for the Week 5 slate. I'm joined, of course, by my good friend, Mike Dickinson, who, hey, listen, Mike, you're back. How you yeah. doing? Good. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, excited to be in week five. We finally got some actionable data where we can start to make some decisions. Uh, you know, we've been making gut calls kind of these first four weeks, but now we got, we're basically a quarter way through the season. And now we got some, some trends and some data. We know which are good matchups, which are poor matchups. And we're going to, we're going to help you set some winning lineups this week. Yeah. This is also a very interesting time because a lot of the starts to questions we're starting to get in the DFS army Slack. Uh, if you're not a member of DFS army, I, I guess I should say go over, Become a VIP member. Uh, if you want to get one free month, you can go to dfsrb.com forward slash free offer, I believe. Or, or free. I'm, I'm the worst. Geek's going to just just kill me with this. But uh, So I'm going to put the link in the info below. Make sure you check it out. You can get one free month. Figure out what we're doing. Every single week, if you do follow the DFS Army Twitter account, which I highly suggest you do, we're tweeting out winners. Every single week, every single slate, we're having winners. We're having people crushed. Of course, we had the... Uh, the Millie Maker winner in week one. So we continue to crush it. But Mike, we're not here to talk about DFS fantasy football. We are here to talk nope. about our favorite flex plays. But, you know, just going back to the the fact that a lot of our starts to questions are in Slack are basically, should I start this stud or this highly drafted player, round four, round five type player versus this waiver wire acquisition, this random guy who hasn't done much, but, He's Matt Collins, and he's been producing fantasy Ooh. football points. So those are definitely some of the, the hardest questions we have to answer on a weekly basis. But that's why we're here. That's why we get paid the big bucks, Mike, to answer you, these Wait, you're getting paid? Questions. Son of a well, bitch. Well, you know, you know. Hey, listen, listen. Sometimes you're doing the Lord's work, and we just do it for the, for the passion of it. But I, before we get to the slate, Mike, there's a few things that I do want to talk about because there are some very notable players this week that are going to be missing time. So I would say probably one of the biggest guys that has been a massive disappointment, Kyle Pitts, of course, the tight end for the Atlanta Falcons. He's going to be missing this week because of the hamstring injury. So be aware of that. Jameis Winston, he's going to miss another week because of the back injury. So Andy Dalton is once again going to get the start. Those uh, New York Giants, they're going to London. They're playing Green Bay this week. Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, Wandale Robinson, all going to be missing this game. So it's going to be rough sledding, I will say. That that game is just going to be pure slop. Jahan Dotson, a rookie phenom, been catching touchdowns like they're going out of style. He's going to be missing time. Keenan Allen is going to be missing time. Michael Thomas is going to be missing time. And another sweet, beautiful, one of our favorite rookies, Draylon Burks, is going to be missing time. So some of these players, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of our favorite flex plays. Um, as it pertains to Kyle Pitts, before the show's over, I'm going to talk about some viable streaming tight ends this week because that's Ooh. been one of the most common questions in, in the in the uh, Discord as Discord. well is just what tight ends can we pl- start in place of Kyle Pitts. So we'll get to that first. But, Mike, let's not bear the lead. Let's nope. talk about some of your favorite flex plays on the week. Give me your top flex play of the week. All right. So my top flex play for the week this week, um, Shane kind of teased it a little bit, but, you know, looking at that Tennessee offense, that Tennessee offense is going to be three people. It's going to be Derrick Henry. He's obviously an RB1. He's locked and loaded. Uh, It's 
Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, everything is going to kind of go through him. He's a quarterback. He's not a flex play. But the one guy that I am getting into all my lineups where I have him is Robert Woods. So mm. you look at what he's you look at what he's been doing. Um, he came back a lot earlier than I thought he would. Um, he's he's back over seventy percent of the snaps though. Um, he's going to be clearly be running as the number one. Um, he's got four catches in each of the last in each of the last three games. He caught he got the touchdown last week, which kind of bumped him up. And this just kind of feels like it kind of feels like he's getting getting into his groove there in Tennessee. And they're they are going up. I believe they're going up against Washington this week. And Washington yep. is just not good. They're just I, you feel bad for him because every year you think they're going to turn it around, but but they're just not gonna. Um, he is going to see. So Robert Woods is going to see a lot of William Jackson, and William Jackson just stinks out loud. So he's my he's my he's my first flex play this week. Yeah, that's really interesting. So when you talk about fantasy points allowed per game, William Jackson is allowing fifteen point two fantasy points per game, which I I don't know. So so does Robert Woods pass the eye test for you? Because so far he just hasn't quite looked himself to start the season. But again, he's coming off the ACL injury from last year. So when I first started getting into fantasy. Um, I listened, I was, I got in on the ESPN platform. So by virtue of mm-hmm. that, I did, I listened to a lot of ESPN stuff, their podcast. I watched their show, that kind of stuff. And the one thing that, that TMR always said was that you don't actually have to watch the games. You just need to, yeah. you just need to look at the box score. So even if he doesn't pass the eye test, I think that by virtue of the fact that there's really not anybody else there, I mean, you could have a, a Nick Westbrook, Akine sighting this week. Kyle Phillips is kind of back a little bit this week. But it seems like it seems like they want this all the passing game to go through Woods. So I think that even if he's a little, if he's not, if he's eighty percent of what he was, seventy five percent of what he was, he's still not all the way back. I think that the volume is going to negate any physical deficiency that he has still. Yeah, you just hope that Tennessee is going to throw more than twenty five balls in the game, and that'll actually give Robert Woods an opportunity. But to your point, William Jackson is not that good yeah. as a professional NFL quarterback. So I like Robert Woods. We got we got a question coming in hot volley volley. Thank you for joining, tuning in every single week. We love it. We appreciate you. Mike to you. He needs two. Drake London, definitely yes. Yeah. Dubs, maybe. Connor or Hall. Oh damn. Okay. So this isn't as easy as I thought. Uh for, so for me, I'm gonna have to probably go with Drake London and, and James Connor would, would be my choice here. What do you think? Yeah. Uh for me, it's either Connor or Hall. Um as a as your two? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, so definitely, definitely London. I'm sorry. London okay. is locked and loaded. No Kyle Pitts. London's gonna get fed until he vomits this week. Um, yeah. <laughs> it comes the second one comes down to either to either uh either Connor James or Connor Hall. or, or James Hall. Connor Hall, yeah. Um I'm not ugh, I mean here's the, the risk, have, right? The Jets have Miami this week, the Cardinals have Philadelphia this week. Philadelphia is stout up front. I think mm-hmm. that that both those games have the potential to shoot out because Miami's got a bunch of injuries um, and Arizona has a bunch of injuries. So it could be, it, it could be that we're looking at some, what are the, what are the totals that we're looking at here? Yeah. So uh, the Arizona game is one of the highest games. Actually it's the highest game on the slate other than the Monday netter. Yeah. Where Casey's going against Las Vegas, but it's, it's 48.5 is the implied team total. And the, the Eagles are favored. Uh, their implied yeah. team total is 26 points. Whereas the Jets going up against Miami, 46 uh, implied team total. So 
the, the one thing I will say is that obviously we've seen Brees Hall continue to improve his usage and he's what like the the in PPR leagues like the RB13 I think he's just outside that RB1 which is what a dumpster fire but the thing I, I mean I, I've been trying to get where I can um, where I have him in leagues I have people that are coming starting to send trade offers for him because I think yeah. you know the writing's on the wall Michael Carter is a great player but he was an early season boon type player. So the question is, do we trust the Jets to actually use Brees Hall how we think they're going to use him? Or do you trust James Conner? So honestly, well, I'm okay using Hall here, especially if it's a PPR, which which it is in this case. Yeah. And and here's the question. Like, do you – I mean, James Conner is outside the top – he's a he's RB29 in PPR right now. He's outside – he's almost outside the top 30. So – it's you kind of it's all kind of laid out in front of us. It's he's been Connor has been very touchdown dependent. I mean, he had that he had the touchdown in week one and the last two last three weeks, uh, week two against Vegas. He was 7.1 uh, week three against the Rams. He was 8.7 last week against Carolina. He was 10.7. So yeah. kind of something doesn't quite look right with that Arizona offense. Um, no. So I, I'm inclined to go. I'm inclined to go London and Hall here. All right, you, you sold me. You sold me. I mean, James Conner he had an unsustainable touchdown rate last last season. He had what eighteen total touchdowns, rushing yeah, touchdowns on the season. Was, so, uh, was sustainable as we expected. He started to regress back. I mean, he was. We we were taking him late round three if he fell there, but he was typically going early to mid round three. So we didn't get a lot of James Conner exposure, which is right now looking to be the right decision. Um, yeah, no, I like it. I was kind of on the fence, but you you sold me on Breeze Hall. So go London, go Hall, Bali, and wheels up. All right, Eric Carr, thank you for tuning in, Eric. Um, so spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Tyler Boyd a little bit later in the show. Do we trust T. Higgins with the ankle injuries? No, I never trust players with ankle injuries because the, especially a guy like T. Higgins when he's lining up against Jamar Chase and when they have a very talented slot wide receiver in Tyler Boyd, they don't need to push it for Chase or for T. Higgins. The thing that worries me the most, Mike, it sounds like he's turning to play, but this is the Sunday night game. Yeah. So if T. Higgins, by some miracle, doesn't end up playing and you don't have a backup choice for him, you're screwed. So, Eric, it's really about who your other choices are. So if you have viable options, hit us up in the chat. Let us know who you're looking to start over T. Higgins, and we'll, we'll give you uh, an answer here. Because the thing is, is that T, he's not just a 50-50 type ball player, right? If, if you watch any of his games, if you watch, you know, I know Mike says sometimes you don't like to watch the games. But if you watch the games, he's winning in different ways. So it could be a chase game and maybe that's the play. It's going to be a chase game, but <laughs> okay. So then another injured player where we had on Gabe Davis another week healthy. He played last week. I like Gabe Davis this week, man. I think Gabe Davis yeah. is, yep. uh, he's, he's going to step it up. Um, Jen, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we missed you too, Jen. I'm going to say, yeah. Do we trust T Higgins? The, the answer is probably a little bit. A little bit, but if you yeah. have better choices, you can start T Higgins. Yeah, I think with with T Higgins, what you what you need to do is try and figure out what your better options are at wide receiver. Slide him down into your flex, and mm -hmm. hopefully, there's somebody out on the wire, or you have somebody on your bench who's either playing the Sunday night game or the Monday night game. And uh, we'll get we should get final injury report. I know we would have gotten their, their Sunday night. Never mind, we would have gotten their final injury report yesterday. Their yeah, last, I mean, their last real practice. So, and he's questionable. So. That's what it I'm sucks. saying. It's, you're not going to know. The thing is, is going up against the Ravens. We've seen it. The Ravens passed off our path defense has been atrocious, right? They've been unable to hang on to leads. And man, T Higgins could just absolutely feast 
against the Ravens. So it hurts me. It, that's a tough one, man. It's it's really going to be a gut call. Um, generally speaking, if he's going to play, you could probably trust it. But if you have a better choice, just let us know what it is. Okay. I'm going to get into actually talk about a player as my first flex play that week. I bet is out, brother. Which he is. means is Devin Duvernay, is it Devin Duvernay season going up against <laughs> the Bengals? Okay. So the one thing I will say is Duvernay is expected to go, go up against Eli Apple, who is the 61st rated quarterback on the season. AKA he's not a very good player. Um, what do we know about Devin Duvernay? He was a track star when he was in school. And we often don't see that just general athleticism and the wide receiver position translate, <coughs> excuse me, into the NFL. But we are actually finally starting to see it this year. And we know that Lamar Jackson likes the speed guy, right? Marquise Brown was the speedster last year. Devin Duvernay was kind of a redundant asset at that point. But now he's the guy. We know Rashad Bateman is a stud, but he's not a speedster. Uh, Duvernay, 439 speed. M- Lamar Jackson is playing at an MVP level. And guess what? He's actually being hyper efficient. Um, and here's the, the stat that's kind of the kicker to me uh, Devin Duvernay is the number one player in fantasy football right now in terms of fantasy points per target when you're going up against man. And now the Bengals in general, they're they rank ninth in playing man coverage versus zone, which is, you know, it's, it's not bad, but against the Ravens. The Ravens are the number one team that teams play against man. Why is that? Probably because they're going to be protecting against Lamar Jackson. So um, the Ravens face man coverage 43.8% of the time on the season per PFF. This is going to be a very boom. I don't think it's going to be a bust. I think it's a pretty safe flow with Rashad Bateman out. But I could expect, I think we should expect Devin Duvernay's targets from five, six per week up to seven, eight per week. And we know it's just his explosive ability and his ability to beat defensive coverages deep and Lamar's uh, propensity to throw deep. Devin Duvernay could put up a 16, 17 point week this week, and he's pretty much free. He might even be available on your waiver wire. So Devin Duvernay, I think is going to be an absolute smash this week. And again, you know, go over to the mother channel for the DFS army plays. Uh, for the DFS place of the week, but I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to have Devin Duvernay in some of my lineups if I'm playing that Sunday night slate. Yeah, Eric, and Eric, for Eric Carr, the guy that was asking a question before, go on your wire right now and see if Duvernay's out there. That's a Sunday night game, so if you get oh, Christian Kirk in your flex, move him. Yeah, I, I would do that. I would put Christian Kirk yeah. in as your wide yeah. receiver too, and then you can flex Hunt or you can flex T. Higgins. We might get some more, we might get some more information today about the, his injury status. I kind of doubt that we will, but yeah. – it also depends on it depends on kind of where you're at, where your matchup is. You know, if you're if you're projected to be kind of neck and neck, then I would I would put in Hunt because uh, I think Hunt's going to have a pretty a pretty good game. I think that you know I think you're looking at like 13 to 15 points out of him. Um, if you need the the upside home run, like if you're a huge dog, then I might roll the dice and go Higgins. But I would definitely go go on your waiver wire and see if Duvernay's out there. Yes, I, I would say if you can get him, just get him, protect it. And uh, there you go. He just picked up Duvernay. That that's beautiful. Good man. Duvernay good man. Great game. And yeah, good luck, brother. Good luck. Give me your second flex play of the week, Mike Dickinson. My second flex play of the week is so the the edict was give me three, give me three flexes and one dirty skanky one. This one's yeah. going to feel kind of dirty and skanky, um, but it's not my dirty skanky one. My second <laughs> flex play of the week is the 
as a collective group, the New England Patriots running backs. So I think that okay. you can, if, you, if you have either one of them, you feel good about flexing either one of them. Um, you know, looking at looking at everything that we got going on here, we have we have a rookie quarterback, a fourth round rookie quarterback who was the third string quarterback is making his first NFL start. We got a Matt Patricia revenge game narrative going on, <laughs> going up against the pencil against the kneecap biter. Um, oh I, I actually think it's going to be it's going to be a decent game, and I think this is more. This is a game where the Lions team and that Lions staff really needs to kind of prove that they're for real. Um, they've been competitive. That team has a lot of grit, but they really they have something to prove against these Patriots. And looking at the pace with which the Lions play, I mean, between the Lions and the Seahawks, they put up 93 points last week. That's absolutely insane. So. I think what you're going to see Belichick, Patricia, and the Patriots do is slow down the pace of the game. Uh, I was joking before, but I think that we could legitimately see a run-pass split like we saw uh, that New England-Buffalo game last year where it was a torrential downpour and Mac Jones threw three times. I don't think Bailey Zappi is going to throw three times. I think you could look at 35-40 combined rushes between between Stevenson and Harris. And it kind of looks like the backfield has consolidated down into those two. Uh, Stevenson is actually getting a larger snap share than Harris's. Uh, Stevenson mm-hmm. is in the 60% range. Harris is down in that 40, 45% range. But what you see is Harris is getting the higher value touches, the short yardage touches, the goal line touches. So the TD upside is there every single week. Stevenson is a really solid PPR flex play. And I think either one of them, you're good to go. Um, on my yeah. Scott Fishbowl team, I went up against uh, the guy I went up against had Russell Wilson in his lineup. Russell Wilson put up negative points. So in my Ugh. in yeah, in my lineup, I'm benching Daniel Jones this week in favor of Damian Harris. I think that's a sharp play. I mean, the Detroit Lions so far on the season rank third worst in terms of rush yards allowed per game. They are currently sitting at 165 rush yards allowed per game to the opposing team. We do know that. Like, I got to say, honestly, man, Billy Zappi, for his part, he actually looked pretty respectable. And I think it's funny. People were talking about it all week this week, so I don't want to you know, totally talk about it. But just the fact that when you were betting on which rookie quarterback was going to throw the first touchdown in the season, probably had pretty good odds that it wasn't going to be Bailey Zappi. So, you know, give respect to him. He took the, the middling Green Bay Packers overtime last week. Kudos, brother. Kudos. I, I like it, man. Um, actually, before you told me who you wanted to start last night, I had Ramondre Stevenson as one of my flex plays. So the fact that we're kind of on the same page there makes yep. sense. Um, look, I don't think it's going to be like the the three pass plays game that they played <laughs> against the Bills in that insane storm last season. But legitimately speaking, I think Bailey Zappi could throw 14, 15 times this week, mm-hmm. and they're just going to absolutely rely on the run team. Which probably means if you have any of these receivers, I know I've got Jacoby Myers in a few PPR leagues. I'm really reluctant to start any of these Patriots players unless I'm absolutely desperate. And listen, there's a lot of injuries. We just named it off at the start of the show. There's a lot of starting players that are injured, especially in these deeper leagues and your dynasty leagues. You might have to, but I don't really recommend it. I'm, I'm starting uh, Devonta Parker in one league and Jacoby Myers in another league. That could be like just a double lose. That could just be, you know, like the, the game show losing sound. That's just it's not going to be <laughs> wah, pretty, but wah, wah, wah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that one. Um, okay. So I'm going to go to a fellow AFC East team and I'm going to talk about either Isaiah McKenzie or Khalil Shakir. Now, as of right now, we know that Jameson Crowder is out because he broke his foot. He broke his ankle. So he's going to be out. 
we don't know definitively if Isaiah McKenzie is going to be in or out because Isaiah McKenzie is dealing with the concussion. So if, this is a big if, if Isaiah McKenzie doesn't play, then obviously Stephon Diggs is going to just have a cake matchup this week. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Gabe Davis, he hopefully is going to be healthier, but we do know that Josh Allen has a love for passing to the slot. So Isaiah McKenzie, Jameson Crowder haven't really been viable plays because they cannibalize each other in the slot. But Isaiah McKenzie, he's received 13.5% target share in a season, and Jamison Crowder an 8.4%. You combine those together, if we're talking about just one single slot wide receiver, that's around a 20 to 21% target share on the season, which is beautiful. That's probably it's 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 the target share you look for in a solid wide receiver, too. Again, Khalil Shakir is probably out there. He was um, one of our waiver wide targets of this week, again, as like a one-week kind of play. And here's the thing about Khalil Shakir, okay? Because Isaiah McKenzie, I think people know about him. They've seen him in games. And if McKenzie's in, it's, the thing with the concussion is that you have one or you don't have one, right? If, if he's clear from the concussion, it's not like the Tua situation. He's going to be clear, right? Because they're actually handling it the way they should handle it. Um, but Khalil Shakir, of course, he was a fifth-round pick by the Buffalo Bills from Boise State. In college, as a college hole, Mike, he had a 32.2% target share, which was a 95th percentile, and also a 40.8% college dominator rating. Again, college dominator rating is a percentage for the wide receiver of receiving yards and receiving touchdowns, which means he counted for almost half, half of the total offensive production. When Khalil Shakir came in for limited snaps last week, when both of the slot players were, were knocked out, he looked good. The Buffalo Bills lead the league in pass completions and rank third in pass attempts. I love the idea that Khalil Shakir can come in pretty much just like just dominate if he's going to get five, six targets. Cause you know, again, like the top two dogs are going to get those targets, but in PPR leagues, especially you could trust Khalil Shakir or Isaiah McKenzie to get you 10, 11 points, which as a wide receiver three or a flex play is a very, very solid play. So it's a little bit deep. It's a little bit skanky, but Khalil Shakir, if it's Isaiah McKenzie's in for sure, I love starting Isaiah McKenzie. What do you think about that play? I mean, yeah, you feel good about either one of those guys. You see McKenzie put up production, and Clear Shakir was somebody that kind of popped on our radar and uh, as we as we work through the draft process. So I like yeah. the profile on him. Uh, you know, obviously you you touch on his dominator rating. He's he's proven that he can do it. The other thing that you like about this is that Dawson Knox has been ruled out. So it's really yes. gonna it's re, it's really you're really looking at three pass. Well, I mean four pass. All they're gonna do is freaking pass. I mean, yeah. Steph Diggs Steph Diggs is locked and loaded. Gabe Davis is still he's still questionable. He's gonna go. He went last week. But Josh Allen loves the slot with no tight end coming out of the slot over the middle. There, it's good. You might see a slight uptick in pass targets for Devin Singletary, but I love it. I love this. I love it. Okay. We got, we got one from Bali here. Rank these three. <clears throat> oh. Gabriel Davis, Curtis Samuel, and Devonta Smith. Well, two of the, two of the three are dinged up. Davis has a, Davis has a designation and Curtis Samuel has a designation. He's got, Samuel's got the illness. So if you see him, if you see him clear on Sunday, he would probably be my, my first out of those two, out of those three, I would probably go Samuel, Davis and then Devonta Smith, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, with Jahan Dotson out, Curtis Samuel yeah, yep. is 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 going to just continue to get those targets. And Jahan Dotson hasn't received a ton of targets per game, maybe three or four per game, but he's getting in the end zone. 
So maybe those can go to Curtis Samuel. Maybe they'll go to TMC. It's hard to say, but um, I for, of this one, I yeah, I probably go Curtis Samuel, Devonta Smith, Gabe Davis. Is that what you had too, Mike? You, I had Devonta I had Smith Davis. Second. I had Davis ahead of Smith, um, just because I think that if Davis goes, he's going to be the number two target, the number mm-hmm. two pass target in that offense. I think this week Smith is looking at at the number three option. Um, Arizona is terrible against the tight end, so I think obviously AJ Brown has a big game. I think Dallas Goddard okay. is going to have a big game. So just because Devonta Smith is. Uh, is that he's the he's the third look there? But again, we've seen we've seen his upside. We've also seen what happens when teams roll coverage to AJ to AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. We saw that Hertz is not afraid to go to Smith. So this is another one of those. If you need if you need the upside, then I would go. I would take. I would put Smith over Davis. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think that's totally fair. I mean, you look at uh, Devonta Smith so far on the season, and. I mean, he's pretty much on every single snap. He's got 96% uh, week one, 99 week two, 89, and then 87. Week three is really where he blew up against the the commanders, and he received 12 targets. But every other week, he's received other seven or under. So is he really that reliable on a weekly basis? It's hard to say. Um, yeah, it could be a Dallas Goddard type week. So I, I, I get it, but I still don't trust um, like Gabe Davis. He's only getting a 13 to 50% target share every single week. So it's either it's going to be touchdown or bust. Obviously, he blew up week one, but the 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 risk I I see with Gabe Davis is he's either going to put up seventeen points for you or like six points for you, and to me that's just too risky. Whereas Devonta Smith has a far more defined role within the offense, and I like to think that this game is going to be one of the higher scoring games. I mean, we talked about it already, but the over under for the game is forty eight point five, and the Eagles are favored as a 26.75 implied team total. So yes. Yeah, all right, you can it could be a Goddard, it could, could be a Goddard game, but it just it's too risky with Gabe Davis, especially in PPR leagues, you got to trust the, the uh the, just this the opportunity. Um okay, so I'm going to move on to my second flex play on the week and um it's probably going to well actually no, you go, you go. I already just talked about Shakir. Give me your third guy. Okay. I say my my third guy, my third guy, yeah. we and we touched on this a little bit. My third guy is Tyler Boyd. So mm-hmm. again, looking at looking at what's going on with T. Higgins. T. Higgins is questionable coming in. Um obviously he was in the blow-up spot last he was in the blow-up spot last week. He he put up some huge numbers. Um, but looking at the strength of the Baltimore secondary, the strength of the Baltimore secondary is on the perimeter and uh, Tyler Boyd plays almost 90% of his snaps out of the slot. So mm-hmm. um, you love the matchup he's going to get. Um, he's going to see, I mean, they get, that's a Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are two, are two very, very familiar household names. Uh, they're both aging a little bit, but they're still, they're still pretty good as far as, as far as NFL perimeter cornerbacks go. So um, Boyd's going to see a lot of Brandon Stevens on the interior there. Um, and he's given up decent amount of production. Obviously Boyd is, Boyd is, a play he's not put up a ton of numbers this year so far but he's one of those he's one of those plays for me who's very very matchup dependent and when the matchup dictates like it does this week he's somebody that i'm putting in and starting if you see higgins sit i have on my higgins teams i was i jumped adp and i handcuffed Mm -hmm. higgins with boyd not that you ever have a true not that you ever really have a true wide receiver handcuff but if you see higgins sit then boyd is locked and loaded and i think even if higgins goes boyd still has a decent chance to produce yeah, I mean, again, the biggest risk with T. Higgins going is that he's going to just play the decoy, the decoy, the decoy role, and and that worries me a little bit. Okay, we got a question from DJ Nightmare Fourteen. He's asking, I got an offer for my Connor. I'm assuming James Connor 
or David Montgomery, no, you shouldn't do this one. And the reason you shouldn't do it is because Khalil Herbert is actually good. He actually is good. And we know that, generally speaking, they like to rely on a single running back. But just based on the fact that Montgomery is coming back from the injury and the fact that, again, Khalil Herbert is explosive, we saw what he did two weeks ago when he filled in for Montgomery. I, I would definitely not do this one. Um, Arizona, to your point, Mike, it, they don't look good. But, they're gonna, I think they're going to have – like, they're going to get it right. And then the touchdowns are going to come for James Conner. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. Now, the one caveat to this would be, I'm not sure, DJ, if you – if you roster Khalil Herbert, if you roster Khalil Herbert, then consolidating that Chicago backfield is not a terrible idea. But right. in general, I tend to be leery of straight up positional swaps. Like if somebody offers me an RB for an RB, unless I have a handcuff on my bench or something like that, I generally tend to stay away from them because they're trying to get something over on you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. We got a question from Nick Perone. Should I play Alan Lazard or Tyler Lockett, Gerald Everett or Tyler Conklin? Oof. I think in these, I think I'm going Lockett and Everett in this situation. I, brother, I, I still love Ty Conklin. <laughs> I have a really hard time sitting Tyler Conklin. But Joe yeah. looks, is looking too. But no, I'm leaning Tyler Conklin. He's, uh, I think, after this week, he's the tight end eight. I actually have the, I, I pretty much have Tyler Conklin every single week on on my uh, my fab report. Yeah. So, I mean, he is, yeah, he finished as a tight end eight. He, is, he continues to have, at least an 80% snap share in every single week. Um, the question is always going to be, is Zach Wilson going to be able to maintain his fantasy relevance? And, well, we saw a dip last week, so maybe the answer is no. But, I mean, what do you think? Of, what's the case for Gerald Everett? Uh, Keenan Allen's not playing, and Josh Palmer's hurt. So it could be, and I have my – I'll talk about this with my last oh. flex play, but I think that it, it legitimately could be that Gerald Everett is the second or third look in that passing game. So yeah, you so look at uh, – so, what about the fact that so so Donald Parham Parham has missed most of the season? He's going to be back in week five. Does that yeah, but at all? no, not really because you've seen you've seen the rapport that Everett's established with with uh, Justin Herbert. They brought they brought Everett yeah. in for a reason this off season, and it seems that the their thinking behind bringing him in has borne itself out. So he's been yeah. productive in the passing game. He's been an outlet for him. Um, the receivers that Keenan Allen's been out of the lineup, obviously Palmer's hurt Guyton's down on IR. So, I mean, and, and Williams is kind of streaky. He is what he is. It seems like the stability in the passing game has been Everett and has been um, Austin Eckler. So I, I mean, Conklin, Conklin's always there. The Zach Wilson wildcard thing, if Flacco was yeah. playing, I would say Conklin for sure over Everett. But Zach, yeah. I don't know what Zach Wilson's going to do. Okay, okay. So you said Lockett, though, over Lazard? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, this is, yeah. I think this shapes out to be a Lockett week. Um, I was looking at some mm -hmm. some wide receiver cornerback matchups. Yeah, so Lockett gets uh, Paulson a debut most of the time. So um, mm -hmm. he is hashtag not good. Uh, he's given up, he's giving up a ton of production. Uh, DK is probably going to get a, a lot of Marshawn Lattimore. And then they, you know, that Marquis Marquis Goodwin is not seeing, he's getting 8%, 8% target share. So the slot really isn't an option there. Um, New Orleans yeah. run defense is relatively stout. So, um, I think that has a, has a good game this week. Yep. What, what a world with Geno Smith actually looks good, man. I, yeah. I, I gotta say people have been so quick to just stab Russ in the back, man. Like, all the Seattle Seahawks players, uh, there was a little bit of a dig where um, Pete Carroll came out this week and said, hey, our quarterback's doing what we're asking him to do. As in to say yeah. that Russell Wilson wasn't. It's just it's just, it's just, not good. But no, I look, I, I still probably lean Tyler Conklin, but I get it. 
Uh, maybe Gerald Everett's a little bit of a safer play. So let's go Tyler Lockett. Let's go Gerald Everett. Um, okay, so DJ Nightmare does have Khalil Herbert on his bench. Then mm. I, I would probably take it then. See, I'm going to go opposite here. I'm, I'm going to go against you, Mike, here. Um, okay. To me, the conservative play is to take the trade. But, I mean, if, if you want to win your league, DJ Nightmare, you have to take a little bit of a risk here. Wouldn't it be better if there was a bit of a stock split? Where you have Khalil Herbert, you can start him every single week as a flex play, and then James Conner, you're, you're comfortable starting as your RB two, versus you're never going to start uh, Montgomery and, and Herbert at the same week, right? Like it's just it's it's just a low EV type play. So you're going to have to roster one of those players on your bench. Then there's the carrying cost that's going to be associated. So you're basically the conservative play is to take the trade and get David Montgomery, who has looked good when he was healthy, but he's coming off the injury and. I'm still going to lean keeping James Conner just based on the fact that I like the offense. The offense is way better. Chicago Bears are hot dumpster fire right now. Do we really want to tie up that backfield? I don't. So I'm still sticking with James Conner. I get the the handcuffing idea, but I'm, I'm going for the win, baby. Yeah, here's the other thing you could do. Well, hmm. yeah, I was going to say you could try and flip. You could try and flip Herbert to him for a piece. If you're yeah, if you're if you're weak at receiver, or maybe you could get you could get him to throw Montgomery and another piece in for Connor or something like that. So yeah. if you can use it to strengthen your team, Shane, I completely get what you're saying. I agree. And now, now that you say it, I I agree with you that having in any given week you could have Connor and Herbert go. That would be that would be ideal. Um, but if you could get him to sweeten the deal a little bit, then maybe that would that would move the needle for me slightly. Yeah. So this this is personal experience, of mine. Okay. So I have. I had Brandon Ayuk in a 0.5 PPR league, and the I also have Cam Akers. Now, the Daryl Henderson manager, I ended up doing a trade for Daryl Henderson. This was, I think, after week two. Um, really, the play was being, okay, one of these guys should emerge as a top RB, but what if they don't? And now I literally am starting – so this is a short bench. It's a five-person bench. I now have both James Conner and Daryl Henderson on my bench, guys that are probably too good to drop, not good enough to play. Now I have that carrying cost. And that's a mistake. You learn through your mistakes. At the time, it made sense. Again, right? You're kind of banking on one of these guys is going to emerge. If you think that Khalil Herbert's going to emerge, then what are you doing training for David Montgomery? If you don't, that's when you try to trade Dave or Khalil Herbert to the David Montgomery manager and see if you can get something other than training away your James Conner because James Conner is just too valuable. And you don't want to be trading for a committee back because I think that's what it's going to devolve to. Okay, we got one shot happy coming in here he's a longtime army member thank you one shot we really appreciate it thank you so much and thank you for tuning in to the fantasy football show jared goff or jimmy g uh, Who you got? i i think i gotta go goff here i can't believe i'm saying it yeah. but i think i have to yeah no I'm, I'm definitely going jared goff here listen jimmy g there's just no upside we, we know what jimmy g is and yes jared goff could lay an egg against uh against the, the Patriots this week. But here's the thing. The Patriots have actually not been very good. Their, their cornerbacks are just not very good. So even with Amon Ross St. Brown, no big deal. If you think that, uh, I mean, maybe they'll shut, the Patriots will shut down TJ Hawkinson because they actually do have pretty solid linebackers. But I don't know. Amon Ross could be back this week. DJ Chark could be back this week. I just like the, the upside of Jared Goff and yeah. what a world we live in. Okay. He, he's done I it. Will say. He's done it. Yes, he, he he pretty much he. If you if you stacked Jared Goff and T.J. Hawkinson last week, you won money in DFS. If you had the balls to start them, congratulations. I got a question for you, Mike. So there's a lot of questions out there, that, and we're we're trying to talk about fantasy football, but this is like just a general sports question: Is Matthew Stafford 
worse than Jared Goff? Was it a mistake? And I think people are so quick to forget. Matthew Stafford wasn't throwing the damn ball for what three quarters of the offseason? Yeah. I guarantee I, you he's not healthy right now. He's playing through injuries. So this narrative that Jared Goff is better than Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford just won the bloody Super Bowl. That's yeah, his upside. I, yeah, I don't think that I don't I, I don't think that Jared Goff is better than Matthew Stafford. I think that they're both NFL quarterbacks. They're both 32 of the best athletes at their position in the entire world. Um Stafford does have the UC. I think he has a partial tear of his UCL, the ulnar collateral ligament, and he's probably going to have to undergo that Tommy John surgery in the offseason. Yeah. Um, he doesn't look right. He, he hasn't been throwing a lot. He operated very, very well within Sean McVay's system last year, mm-hmm. but I think that the Odell Beckham, not having Odell Beckham back has hurt them immensely. They were hoping Allen Robinson could, could fill that role, and something's just looked off about that whole thing. Um, as an Allen Robinson owner, it pains me. But I just think that that's going to end up being that's going to end up being a bad move. If OBJ ends up back there, I think everyone's going to forget about this this first half of the season narrative where Matthew Stafford was a was a bottom eighteen quarterback. Now that said, I have a league in a league. I have Tua Stafford and Jameis Winston, and I'm mm-hmm. actually tr- I'm actually picking up Andy Dalton so I can play Dalton mm-hmm. over Stafford this week. It feels gross to do it, yeah, but I, I kind of have to do it. We don't have to do that. Might be overthinking things. Michael Thomas is out too, right? Yeah, Michael Thomas is out too. It. But but I Dalton put up 16 points. I'm I'm just looking for for 16 points out of him. Stafford could put up an absolute yeah. dud. What did he, he put up? What eight points last week? And I think oh, that, yeah, uh, that trash. they're going they're <laughs> going up against Dallas this week. Dallas has been pretty stout up front, so they're going to rely on Stafford to throw. He's going to turn the ball over three two three times, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you could be right. I just to me it might be overthinking it, but. Oh, dude, it's it's completely gross. It's completely yeah. gross. But I mean, this is a gross world we live in. This I'm playing Brandon too. I'm playing Brandon in this league, oh, so I need to do something. Shit. shit. Yeah. Okay, you want to talk about? Let, let's talk about sex appeal. Okay, let, let's let's get fun. Let's get exciting. My third flex play of the week is actually going to be that one Rashad White, running back of those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now. We saw last week that he finally was given an opportunity. He's, his role in the offense is starting to improve a little bit. He only had a 38% snap share, but he received five targets. He got all five targets for 50 yards in the passing game, and he had the red zone opportunities for Leonard Fournette. Fournette's still the guy in this offense, okay, Mike? We're not going to deb- debate that. But if the Buccaneers have any hope of making a playoff run this year, they're going to have to do it with, with a healthy Leonard Fournette, I think. But... Rashad White is electric, okay? In college, he was an absolute stud in the passing game. And it's like, you know, when when the Bucks brought in Gio Bernard last year, like, we know Tom Brady loves his pass-catching running back. And that is exactly what Rashad White is. In his last year in college, in his senior year, he had 43 receptions for 456 yards, which added to his 1,006 rush yards for 15 touchdowns. His uses is continuing to increase every single week. And like I said, he's up to 38%. I believe this week, Tampa Bay going up against Atlanta. Atlanta's an absolute dumpster fire. Chris Goblin's going to be back, which I think is a mistake. They just got to sit the damn guy. But Rashad White's usage is going to continue to improve. I want to get it up to maybe a 45%. That, that's where I'd be a little bit more comfortable here. But in a flex play, and guess what? Spoiler alert, we talked about Scott Fishbowl. I'm starting Rashad White this week in my Scott Fishbowl league nice. because I am I need upside, baby. I need upside. And Rashad White has that massive upside. 
When you talk about who he looks like, who he plays similar to, none other than the electric David Johnson. Okay. The one thing I will say is that David Johnson, obviously, as he got a little bit older, his up upward style running ability, you saw him. It was like it was he was amazing for like two or three seasons, and then he fell off the map. Right. Rashad White could be that quick bang type, you know, flash in the pan type player, but right now he's young, he's healthy, he's electric, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't looking great. They're going to continue to use this rookie who, just based on the fact again he received five targets last week, Mike means, means tells me that Tom Brady is slowly letting him enter that circle of trust. Yep, absolutely. So, and I think go. I think that this is a huge get right game for Tampa Bay. They've not looked yes. good all season. There's a ton of shit circling around in the uh on the page six about Tom yeah. Brady and Giselle, all that oh kind of stuff. God. I think that I think that he just yeah. I think that Tom Brady just takes all that, funnels it, channels it. And I think that this is a, this is an absolute I think that they absolutely embarrass Atlanta this week. Um <laughs> yeah. the, other, the other thing you like too is that Cameron Brate's already been ruled out with the concussion. So um yep. And God, I think I agree with you that bringing Godwin back right now is not the best move. Um, I think Evans is going to have an absolutely huge game this week, but I mm. think that Rashad White is going to be his is going to be that second look. And I think we're going to see a snap share jump up. I think that Rashad White is going to get some good looks in the pass game this week. I love it. I love it. Okay, give me your deep play. I'll give you mine. And we'll get the hell out of here, brother. All right. So my deep play is uh, my deep play is on the Lo- the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said San Diego Chargers. I apologize mm-hmm. to all those involved with the organization. Not that they really give a shit. Um, but um, so we talked about it. Uh, Keenan Allen's already been ruled out. Um, Jalen Guyton is Jalen Guyton is down on IR. Josh Palmer's been dealing with the ankle this week. So I am looking to none other than DeAndre Carter for my down and dirty flex play oh of the week. God. What it didn't have to be pretty. It was supposed to be skanky. It was supposed um, to be skanky. Yes, I get it. Yes. Yeah. So it was supposed to be skanky. Um, you look at uh he's going up against Greg Newsom in the slot for Cleveland there. And he has been he's been kind of middle of the road. Uh there's been a ton of production that's run through Keenan Allen. But you saw what was it, week one or week two, where DeAndre Carter had that huge game. Uh mm-hmm. And he's he's put up numbers. Uh, Justin Herbert trusts him. This offense is, you know, I think that they need to they need to go on a little bit of a run here. Uh, everybody's contending in that AFC West. The, I think the division kind of is what we thought it was going to be, where it's hyper competitive. So they're right there. They need to start stacking up wins. And I don't think I think they're just going to keep their their foot on the gas the entire game. So I think that if you need if you need eleven to thirteen points out of a flex spot, I think in a PPR yeah. league, I think you could do a lot worse than DeAndre Carter. There you go, DeAndre Carter. Plug your damn nose. Okay, plug my nose a little bit. And now this isn't a, a, a pure nose plug, but I'm going to talk about probably the hottest waiver wire ad this week, and that was Tyler Algier. Atlanta Falcons, we know Kyle Pitts is out. It's going to be the Drake London show. We get it. But I think they're going to give the rookie running back an opportunity here. So one thing is, is that, again, going against Tampa Bay might – make you a little bit worried to start your running back because last year they were elite. They were, I think the number, the worst or the best rushing defense um, in the league. They're not quite there yet. They're still allowing over uh, around 106 rush yards per week to the running back position, which is an elite, but it's, it's middle of the pack. So oftentimes when you look at matchups, Mike, you want to look at the extremes, the best teams, top five, in the bottom five. Everything else is still the NFL, and teams have found a way to rush on the Buccaneers this season. Tyler Algier, 
He's a bowling ball. Okay. That's what he is. He's a bowling ball type player. In college, he was late to the running back game. He started as a linebacker. So the guy is stout. He likes to take hits. He likes to give hits. But in his final season where he actually broke out, he had over 1,600 rushing yards, and he also scored 23 touchdowns, which was tied for first in the NCAA AA last year, Mike. All he has to do is beat out Caleb Huntley, which I think he should be able to do handedly. I worry that this Atlanta uh, coaching staff is incompetent, and they give it like a 50-50 share. Tyler Algier is the kind of player that he gets better as the game goes on. He's the type of player that wears down defenses he's 5'11 he's 221 pounds he's a wrecking ball so if we can trust the Atlanta coaching staff which is a big if if you have to decide because listen you probably went out and spent 25 to 30 percent of your fab budget this weekend to get Tyler Algier and you're like oh shit they're going up against Tampa Bay Buccaneers I think it's a safe play in your flex spot I I I think that you're banking on the touchdown it's probably going to be a a Drake London week but they're going to have to do something because right now Marcus Mariota is hot garbage. You got to trust the running offense. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think that the ironic part is that Arthur Smith came from an offense in Tennessee where he had a running back that needed runway that needed to get going, who got better as Mm -hmm. the game went on. But it seems like he's been hesitant to do that with Algier. Um, And I get that. I get that he's had Patterson. He likes Patterson, but just reading that Caleb Huntley could potentially get goal line touches is absolutely asinine to me. Algier is the definition of who you want in there as a short yardage banger. So I agree with you, Shane. I think that it's going to be an Algier game. I don't know that it's going to be a full breakout for him, but could you see, you know, could you see 25 carries for 83 yards and a touchdown? Absolutely. And in a, in a flex spot, you're getting 14, 14 and change out of it. I think that that's mm-hmm. great. That's all you could hope for. Yeah. Listen, I think we've seen it with all the rookies so far, the, the rookie running backs in particular, because it takes time for these guys to gain the trust of the coaching staff. And we've seen a few guys like we saw Rashad white fumble it last week it was the first play of the game. And then they eventually, they, they still trusted him enough to give him the opportunities. Um, James Cook of the of the Buffalo Bills, he has done absolutely nothing for the team. I think it's a trust thing. Again, he fumbled. I think he's fumbled twice. They recovered a second one, but the first one he lost. So these are ways you're not going to become um, in the good books of the coaching staff. Tyler Algier, when he's had an opportunity, he's looked pretty decent. I have a, of the opinion that he's a superior player to Caleb Huntley. And we know that Atlanta likes to rely on the running game with Cordero Patterson. So Cordero Patterson's out. It was a mistake to play him last week. Again, stupid coaching staff, but you know, I guess give them credit to trying to go for the win. Okay, really quickly here, Mike, before we get out of there, I want to talk yep. about just two viable flex plays. Well, not flex plays, streamer plays at the tight end position if you have Kyle Pitts, because oftentimes you're probably not going to be rostering two tight ends. The top 13 guys are probably off the wire, but really quickly, Will Disley, Seattle, again, going up against the States, the Saints. No fan has been useless. Um, he's out snapped Fant in three of the four games in the season, and he's caught a TD in three of the four games on the season, and he's received 12 targets total. So, again, it's 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 risky. With these types of uh, tight end plays, it's going to be you want three for 30 plus a touchdown. Like That's what you're going for. Will Disley offers that. And the next pay player is Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon is kind of off the, the people's radar, especially in the offseason, just because he was coming back from the injury. But so far through on the season, he has looked good. And he has 24th 
He's 24th in route runs, which isn't great, which means he's basically blocking for half of his plays and running routes on the other half. But when he is being used, is in the red zone. He's eighth in terms of red zone targets with four. He's caught three of his red zone targets. And again, you're just baking on that on that touchdown upside. And Rodgers is number one in target accuracy or close to the top in target accuracy when, when targeting the 10 end position. So Robert Tanyan, he's playing with a bunch of children out there. I think he's getting it in the box this week in London. London's calling, baby. Nice. I love it. Yeah, we we tend to get skanky with the tight ends. So I've go. actually okay. – this this year has been so gross, I've actually rostered two tight ends in some spots. I'm ashamed to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got one last one for One Shot Happy because, hey, listen, One Shot, we appreciate you. Jeff Wilson or Damian Harris? It's got to be Jeff Wilson, right? Yeah, Jeff Wilson. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And if I sit Jimmy G, I think I should go Jeff Wilson. I think you should go G- uh, Jeff Wilson anyways and yeah. probably sit Jimmy G because, well, it's Jimmy Jared G. Jared Goff's better. There you go. Jared Goff is better. All right, guys. Who thought we would you. ever say that? Oh, my God. I know. Okay. <laughs> so, of course, give us, a, give us a follow on Twitter at DFS Army. You can follow myself, Flex Sheen, at the Flex Network One. You can follow Mike at Mike underscore Dickinson. Mike, we're going to get you on the program a little bit more often, more regularly once again. You had some life things. We get it. Life happens. Yeah. But – Listen, as there's some normalcy, we need Mike Dickinson in our life. You bring on, you come on the show and you bring the hard-hitting facts. So we appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Go check out DFSArmy.com. Our VIPs are winning money every single week. DFSArmy.com, DFSArmy.com. So for Mike, I'm Flex Shane, and we are the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. Good luck in week five. Start taking-